0: What's your risk number? Find your True North. On the Vantage Point with True North Wealth Partners podcast, you'll find financial tips, insights, and information to help you plan for your future. True North Wealth Partners has locations in Dublin and Wooster, Ohio, while serving clients nationwide. Dedicated to God, country, clients, and family. To learn more about the Vantage Point with True North Wealth Partners podcast, visit MyTrueNorthWP.com. That's MyTrueNorthWP.com. True North Wealth Partners. Welcome home. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues.
1: And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Barryman. Welcome to the Ranger Report Podcast. I am Ben Dieter. Tonight is our live Twitter event for April uh, on Twitter. So. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. It's coming up next. But uh, first, remember, brought to you by Waltons and Dallas Sports Nation. Don't forget that. And now here is our live broadcast from the old Twitter spaces.
2: Really kind of flipped out. Mm-hmm. And and, it, and we had a short spring, too. So not only have, is this a there's a whole lot of new additions and, and all that stuff. But you got young guys and, and older guys and veterans coming in and they didn't have much time to spend with each other in spring because it was obviously shortened by the lockout. So, to me, this month is just to going into it. I looked at it as just an extended month of spring training to, for these guys to kind of mesh together and Woody to get a better handle on on what he's got and kind of filter out some of the pitching. Uh, I we're going to see AJ Alexi again this uh, again this year. We saw him last year and he was he did quite well. Jake I figure on seeing him. And, obviously, we've seen Glenn Otto. We saw him the other night, and he did really well. He'll get so, another start. He's yeah, deserving of another yeah, start. Yeah, uh, Eric Middell said on the radio today that he will be he will be staying up and getting his next start. So, um, But with, with the Rangers, because they had the bullpen day today, they're really going to need a, a good, honest outing out of Dame Dunning tomorrow to open up against Houston at home.
1: All right, guys, yeah, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alex
0: Plink's on here, too, if you want to send him out a –
1: yeah, I think I added him. I added or I, I sent him an invitation to uh, to to talk.
0: Yeah, no, exactly to what you're saying there. Yeah, Dunning, Dunning's look. He struggled a little bit. It, I think Dunning is a guy that's going to eat some innings this year. You don't know what you got with him. He did good. He did well last year. He was okay. But but is Dane Dunning's ceiling a four or five in a rotation? I don't know. That might be all he is. But you need those guys. I don't care who you <laughs> are. You got to have. You gotta have guys that eat innings, keep it below five ERA, and and uh, can go out and and eat up six innings at a start, and keep them within three or four runs. You know, sometimes five. Those guys are invaluable to any winning team. He's young, he's controllable, but you know he's he's uh, scuttled a little bit there. But uh, you know, it's so early, like you said, this is this is technically about the time they're ramping up for the start of the season mm-hmm. uh, with the shortened spring training. And uh, yeah, so the, it, it, it's put a strain on their eyes. But if you look around the league, there have been some others that have scuttled too.
2: Yeah, yeah it's what, not just the what, Rangers. Go ahead, go
1: ahead. Ben. Yeah, what irritates me is is the way the, the fans have reacted so far, saying that you know the season's over, we're the worst team in the Major League Baseball. <laughs> and if you look at the way the A started, you'd think they're going to go to the World Series this year. So I mean, guys, chill out. It's been what fourteen, fifteen games. Um, it's, it's and they've baseball. looked okay. <laughs> And it's like you guys said, far. you know, this has basically been extended spring training so far.
0: Well, yeah. think about this too. So first of all, you gotta think about who they played. They played the they, they started out against against Toronto, who's picked to win the, the American league by a lot of teams. Uh, you know, they're supposed to beat the A's. That's a team that they're supposed to be better than, and they won the series against the A's. And they've scuttled against Colorado, who's now uh, doing well in the in the National League West. I think most people thought Texas and Colorado might be on the same plane, and they might be. Who knows? But every team they've played are, are, are playing well right now, and the A's are not supposed to be a team that's supposed to be that good. And they went out and took two out of three from the A's. Um, so they're beating who they're supposed to beat. They're going against Houston this week. Everybody expects Houston to be a contender um, for the, for the AL West. So if they come out and lose three out of four in close games or whatever, that's probably expected. You know, yes, um, that's, that's kind of what what they're sitting. But people saw them spend half a billion dollars and thought, okay, they're trying to win this year. Well, sure, everybody wants to win, and mm-hmm. I think that they 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 came into this saying, "There's no more excuses," and that's why you saw someone like uh, what's his name get. Uh, they they went ahead and let him go, uh, Holland,
2: Holland, Greg because Greg they're Holland.
0: they're yeah they're not, uh, Greg Holland yeah they're not they're not they're not playing around and Woody has said all along it's time to perform and so there's guys that you know hey Kobe Allard needed what he did today uh, yes, he because honestly his head should have been on a swivel
2: yeah yeah for, for sure, sure. And, and I think I think you you said something about it uh, on Twitter that you thought that maybe Allard didn't have the stuff. To to be a solid major league pitcher, but um, yeah, today he he needed to that, that. He looked he looked good.
0: I think you're talking about. Uh, I think you're you're, you're thinking of, of what's his name that said that Adam Morris uh, oh. said that. Okay. Uh, uh, he said, you know, I don't think I don't think uh, Kobe Allen. Look, there was three left-handers that were all competing in about the same time. It was 2019. You had three left-handers in Joe Palumbo, Brock Berg and Kobe Allard. And Kobe had come over in the trade. And mm-hmm. you had three left-handers that were kind of on the same plane. They were starting pitchers. They were right there on the cusp of being Major League pitchers. And in that thing, most everybody had Allard as the third best talent um, in that situation. I mean, most you talk to anybody. They thought Palumbo and Burke had better stuff than Allard. But Allard has stuck around. looked, was a little more consistent. And the injuries to Palumbo and to Burke are what put them back. But now you're starting to see, you know, Allard, maybe Allard isn't. Um, you know, maybe the bullpen's better for him, but it's not going to be for long if he continues to do what he did up until the day where he actually, um, but you know, he did it against a very bad hitting team right now um, that he came up and had success today. I-, I think Allard's one that's not, not long for here. Um, honestly, I think there's some arms that are going to come up in triple A. Yeah.
1: Well, and the 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 problem the, is they and have too, they have too many good arms in triple A to let somebody struggle right now at the Major League level. I couldn't agree with you more. I think he'll go back down probably to Round Rock to try to get it right if he can, and maybe come up and down a couple times if they need them but i mean you've got guys down in the minor leagues right now and i wanted to talk about that a little tonight who are just tearing mm-hmm. it up pitching and offensively i mean on both i mean jack Leiter's look good so far obviously he's not coming up this year but collin no. is probably coming up this year you know and you've got a lot of other guys jake latz is going to get another shot this year so i mean let's just talk a little bit about pitching i think i think it's going to be a moving a moving thing all year long
0: yeah but you got to you got also understand in in what you're saying there, uh, Cole Wynn, Jake Glatz, those guys are starters. So when they come up, it's going to be to start. But you've got Jonathan Hernandez and and Jose LeClerc that's coming back. Those guys are coming at. That's when a couple of them bullpen arms that maybe aren't uh, performing like they should, that's when they're going to get moved out. Um, You know, uh, Patterson might be one. Look, he didn't make the team coming out of spring training. Um, You know, so that – Hey, Alex, what do you th- – I'm interested to hear what Alex thinks on this since he's been covering them like I have and been there. You're on mute, bud.
2: Rose, give me a minute on there because I'm driving. So, uh, you guys keep talking for the next five, six minutes. Yeah, okay. Yep. Well, so, yeah, on top of that, you, you're you talking about bullpen arms. They just sent down Nick Snyder, who's, who's got a high ceiling. So, that kind of that kind of tells you that the – you know – they're, they're trying to get these guys prepared in the minors for next year, and I know, you know, we've alluded to it. They spent half a billion dollars, but we've said over and over and over again, this is not the year to contend. This, they are not planning on it this year. It's it, all these signings. That's why they're long term deals. It's to, it's for twenty twenty three and on, and they're just this is this is a team that they have so many question marks still that they need to find answers to, and that's what they're doing right now. You still need to know if, if if Taylor Hearn's gonna be able to be effective as a starter. It looks like it. But yep. uh, you know, the guys like that, Dane Dunning. I mean, what like you said, what's he gonna be? a uh, four or five guy, which is perfectly fine. That's a Kobe Lewis type. He kinda reminds me of a Kobe, Kobe Lewis type. That guy that's not gonna go out there and wow, but he's gonna go out there and pitch effectively and keep you in ballgames and eat innings.
0: Yeah, well, you got yeah, that and look what Dunning uh what, what Hearn did the other day was great, but they still took him out after eight pitches. So that tells you He wasn't ramped up where he's supposed to be because a lot of these guys would have done another at least another inning or twenty pitches is what this bullpen is just right now. Luckily they have twenty-eight arms or twenty-eight players on the roster, but that's about the end at the end of the week. When May gets here, they you know they have to knock that down to twenty-six. But Mm -hmm. yeah, they're trying they're trying to figure that out and and what they're gonna do with with pitching and stuff like that going into it. And, And don't be surprised if this team's not players at the trade deadline whether they're way out of this game, out of this, which they probably will be or not, because that's a way to improve this team. But if they do make, they've got some guys they could, they could trade. I'll tell you a couple guys that, that the Rangers could could probably get rid of that might be of interest to someone is someone like Matt Bush. Um, he's not going to bring a big return, but he's pitched his way to where he might go to a contending team. He's you know he's on a minor league free agent and has pitched well. You look at people like Culverson and some of those guys who they didn't get taken last year. I don't think there was much interest in them, uh, but there is a point that is going to come up where they're going to move. Don't you know Adonis Garcia? You know yeah. let's, let's see. That might be somebody that's under control that they might say, you know what, we think we can do better somewhere, and he might be of value to somebody to move him along. Um, Of course, all those arms, Brett Martin, probably the most valuable asset of any of them might be Brett Martin in the Mm -hmm, fact that he's – I think he's going to be a free agent after 2024. 2024 he might be a free agent. That left-hander coming out of the arm, and especially since they still have Brock Burke under control. They've got someone like Cole Reagans at double A, who whose long term future might be as someone like a Brett Martin, a couple innings believer, uh, left hander coming out who's pitched well at double A. So they've got guys like that down below. You've got you've also got Cody Bradford at double A that's a left hander uh, that could be converted to do something like that. So Brett Martin might be he might be the most valuable piece they have if they think that might, you know, he's also someone valuable to keep. Uh, but you know, if someone wows you in a year, you're not planning on contending. That might be a guy that could get moved. So this trade deadline will be fun. I think they're going to be at home during the trade deadline. Alex and I've been out there a couple of times. That's pretty fun to kind of sit there. You sit at your, your place in the press box and just scroll through watching everything as, as (laughs) you're trying right up to three o'clock. You're just sitting there. You're on a swivel trying to see if you can see anybody moving around and anything happening. uh, you know, we had John Daniel on the show a couple of weeks ago. Now, he promised us he would just do trade deadline day. He would do it from our studio, but I don't think he was being truthful. <laughs> Stay the truth.
1: Yeah, I don't think he was either.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome, but <laughs> I, I think he was lying to us. So, but, you know, we tried if to that hold this. If that
1: happens, I'll just come stand outside your studio and stare <laughs> through the window.
2: <laughs> if that happens, my <laughs> security guard's keeping people out. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you mentioned Adolos Garcia, and that's something that I want to talk about, actually, because and it's going to go back back to what Ben was wanting to talk about in the minor leagues. And it's so intriguing because Adolos right now, he's hitting 182. And and with a 281 OBP and 327 slug, Laodie Tavares right now is hitting 394 and with three homers. And he extended his hitting streak to nine games, I believe, today and 10 game on base streak. And Correct. three homers, I mean, 394 for... Man, the slash line on him right now is ridiculous. He's got it over a one thousand OPS, and he's showing right now what everybody was seeing so long ago. Which it feels like it's well, it feels like it's been so long ago. But he's showing exactly what what he's got in the in his in that body of his, as long as he's mentally correct.
0: Well, you got you understand too that Leota Taveras is younger than Davis, Wenzel, Josh Young, mm-hmm. uh, Jack. Jack Leiter is younger than him, but I mean, he's only 23 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he's still very young and what he's doing, he's changed his, uh, Donnie Ecker did something with his stance, uh, that I read that, that changed his stance. You know, he, he bats from both sides of the plate. Um, you've also got, look, you know, don't sleep on Josh Smith who they loved. It's really, oh, yeah. and, and he's played a game in center field at triple a, um, but look, I, I love I love Adolis and what he did last year, but that was an outlier. He hasn't ever done that before. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and he's he, he's scuttling now a little bit coming in. And we know he looks like Adonis. I mean, he's built like with zero percent body fat. And he I mean the guy's strong, and he's just a just a joy to watch. I mean, he's got the biggest grin on his face. He's just oh, he has a, fun. An, an yeah. absolute fun guy and, and a joy, but he's also twenty eight, twenty-nine years old. Um you know, he finally breaks out. He's kind of doing the Nelson Cruz route where he kind of broke out last year. But then this year with what he's starting out as with a lineup that's a lot better, you know, we all thought Adolis Garcia and Nate Lowe might really break out this year with Seager and Simeon in the lineup because they'd see more pitches. Well, Nate Lowe has. Look at him, what he's doing. I mean, he looks so relaxed at the plate um, and doing and things like that. But, man, Adolis is, has not... And that's concerning because he's probably seeing more pitches than he normally does because of Simeon and Seager in the lineup, and they've got to throw to somebody. I mean, look, they, they always pick someone in the lineup that they're a little nervous or a little scared of, and uh, they're not scared of Adolis right now, and he's not you know, making them pay for it.
1: And another one, you know, talk about outfielders who took a ball off the face yesterday. Yeah, I was I
2: about that. to bring that Bubba up. Bubba Thompson, one, because yeah.
1: he's another guy who is just super fast in the outfield if he can bring that bat around to be a good hitter i mean the rangers have so many outfield prospects that are super fast that just need to get to, to get the bat right i think you know i think you're right adolis would be one if he gets hot and somebody wants him at the trade deadline i would definitely think about it
0: yeah so he adolis um bubba you know the the problem with bubba is that he's not on 40 man yeah. um did you see that last night he took one off the eye yeah
1: I mean, that looked bad
0: the, he i heard the, his eye i heard his eye open today and, yeah he and, was able and to they have a day head. off tomorrow so you know that they they, they probably saying play it day to day after that it seemed like he was going after a foul ball down in the corner uh or something like that it must have
1: yeah you couldn't actually just, see the shot yeah, because you, of the camera angle you just saw you saw everyone run over there and then you saw his eye later
0: yeah so in any case um you know the, the only thing holding Bubba back is the the man, the the slot on the the spot on the forty man, and yeah. so that's why obviously Tavares is an easy call up that they need to get an outfielder up here. I, I tell you what though, if if Tavares comes up, he's coming up to play. Oh yeah, uh, he's, he's like, starting. It, yep. You know, and and I look, I've I've had this uh, this kind of man crush on Eli White and the way he's played this year, <laughs> and Jeff gave me hell about it. But, uh, well, but I did too. Eli White. Eli White. <laughs> Eli White is a guy that you don't mind sitting on the bench that's a guy that you like to have as your fourth guy out there who can do some things I you know I thought Chris the other day when when uh, when when Eli hit the double that he should have gone for the triple but he ended up stealing third base then he walked on a good walk he got down a couple strikes and he ended up walking he stole second base scored both runs and they pinch hit for him the next time up and I know Chris Woodward loves to play the odds he loves to play that you know, the, the, the analytics of it left versus right. But it's like, it, he also is a guy that does feel and he'll, I've said this to Jeff uh, last Wednesday on the show. He has, he's a guy that does feel he likes, you know, like he did Nick Solak against the right-hander because Solak uh, had that great game and Nick ended up with a couple games where he did pretty well. He likes to play the hot hand. I thought in that situation, Eli might be the guy to get another at bat, And they, they, they pinch hit for him with Willie who didn't do anything. And uh, you know, I was, Kind of called out by Jeff after that, but um, but but my <laughs> point is, if Tavares comes up, Tavares is not going to be Eli White. He's not going to be a platoon guy. That's a guy that's coming up to start somewhere in the outfield and get a chance, and that's that's yep. why he's not here yet. You got to wait for the spot to open where you're going to have Tavares come up and start every game.
1: I would agree with that 100. percent um, And then also one more outfielder I wanted to talk about. He's played it. He's played pretty good at AAA so far. You think Zach Rex stays on the Forty Man all year? Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. I gotta go. So you
2: guys have a good night.
0: Hey, right,
1: take nice it easy, guys. Alex. Uh, I don't. Yeah, me neither. I don't. I no. don't
0: think so. I think uh, there's those spots are too valuable, and eventually he'll be odd man out. He's. Uh, I, I don't think. I don't think Rex is part of. I don't think they see him as a future. Does anybody got questions?
2: Yeah, let's open it up.
1: And I, I'm well, not apparently not right now. But anytime you guys have questions, oh. yeah. just raise, raise your, your hand, hand, and we'll we'll get you on as a speaker. Or Kane, if you want to say something, just unmute your mic and start talking. Interrupt all us old people.
2: Hey, hey, actually, I got you guys. I was wondering, what do y'all? Uh, I know not a lot of people have talked about this, but what y'all thinking about the draft? Because I actually wrote an article about that during the lockout. Who are y'all? Who are y'all liking in the draft? Oh God! I mean, <laughs> I hope hope that hope that Jones somehow ends up there, which he won't.
0: Well, that's the third pick. So yeah, I mean, what's the the shortstop out of uh, out of is he Long Beach? I can't remember the college shortstop at Lee. that Lee. His last name's Lee, I think.
2: Yeah, uh, Lee from uh, from Cal Poly. Yeah. Cal Poly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's somebody that he's exploded and somebody I think it was Adam Morris that said he liked him. Yeah, there's the what is it the the Andrew Jones kid that's doing real well. Mm-hmm. Um I, you yeah. know, I really get draft, draft intensive, but I'm not doing it yet. Um I, I haven't looked in, you know, you you hear the names with the third pick, you can go in about 3 weeks before and really do your homework, go watch some film yep. and do stuff and I haven't really followed that very well. Um, but uh
2: Jace Young's there too. Uh
0: I'm not. I'm not wasting a third pick on Jace Young. No offense to to Josh. Um, <laughs> I, I like Jace Young and all of that, but uh, he's not a number three pick. No, that's too valuable a to pick. He, that's a too valuable pick. You take with where your minor league system is right now. You take the the you take the big horse that's on the table. Um, that's who you Elijah, take. Elijah Green. That's another one. Yeah, I've heard that name, that, that, and I've seen some stuff on him. He looks really good, too. Um, I, is, I don't think there's a real consensus on who the number one – like last year, they kind of had, had it going between Jordan Lawler, uh, CJ something out of the, the shortstop that uh, mm-hmm. was out of uh, California, and Jack Leiter were the, the three guys that kind of rotated around as the number one prospects, and then it ended up being the catcher out of Louisville that they, that the pirates took. Cause he was, you know, they got him under slot that opened up. The Rangers had a choice and, and on their board, Jack lotter was the top pick and that's, that's paying off. So I, I, I don't know. They're going to take the best athlete available who they're going to take.
1: Yep. You are correct there. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I agree with you they're, I mean, even if it's a catcher, it doesn't matter. They're going to take, they're going to take the best guy available at that spot as they showed they're willing to move anyone and bring in anyone if they think it'll improve their team.
2: Yeah, and there's yep. there's another guy uh, Johnson uh, Tamar Tamar Johnson, uh-huh. uh huh, shortstop, <laughs> high school shortstop prep guy. Uh, he's also high up there right now. It's it's wide open, and of course, with like you were saying last year at this time, nobody had the actual number one pick being up there. Uh, actually, yeah. Kumar Rocker Kumar Rocker was some people were saying that he should be the number one pick, or the Rangers should take him over Lider, which I thought was insane. But yeah, me too. Yeah, so it's right now. It's still too early. Like you were saying, John, you can you can pop up, you know, two, three weeks before the draft and start actually looking at it and get a really good idea and start following the the guys that, you know, the quote unquote media scouts or whatever. And right. we get a good idea of where what what we're looking at, which is what is real uh what's a realistic possibility. So
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's fun to start thinking about at this point of the season, just looking at it and seeing who's out there. But these guys well, still have to should. play their seasons. Yeah, these guys still have to yeah. play their seasons. Guys are gonna go up and down. The top three now won't be the top three six weeks from now. Mm Well
0: they yeah. Um well like see like last year I actually saw Jordan Lawler play. I went and watched him play. Um Against a far inferior team, and the, uh, the the thing I noticed about him, he played for Jesuit here in Dallas. Um, he was he was he was one for three, and his one was a pop up that it was hit so high it just dropped, and nobody could get under it. Uh, but he was by far and away the best player on the team. He made a routine play in the in the last inning that a uh, run up and throw. Have you seen what he's been doing for uh, Arizona, Jordan Law? Mm-hmm. He's hit like four or five home runs he's hitting four hundred and low a I mean he's all that i saw and of course we saw jack lighterder we had some good film on him watching his starts last year for uh for Vandy and then the kid out of California and I haven't checked on him and what he's done so far but uh you know i it it'll be interesting well everybody will start zoning in on somebody obviously when it gets closer um but uh so, I, but not yet. I haven't yet. Um, right now, I trust Adam Morris. So, if he's saying that kid out of Cal
2: Poly, maybe that's my early guess that I'm not sticking to. Though at some point, I'm going to have to.
0: Well, deal, we know we know
2: we know Kane's going to be on it because he's already writing articles about. Who it. Who did you write about Kane? <laughs> uh, I wrote about like a couple targets. This was like a while back during the lockout. But if yeah. I had to pick, if I had to pick, um, like. My, I would say my number one would be Elijah Green, but the question with him is if he's going to be there or not because I think, I think if most people were to pick a number one, from what I've heard, it would be Elijah Green. And then also a little biased, but, I mean, Jacob Berry is a crazy talent out of LSU. So, I mean, I want him. The question with him is just where he's going to play. He doesn't have a
1: consistent glove. But, um, yeah. Well, Kennedy Landry would love that. Yes, yeah, she would.
0: She's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not afraid to talk LSU at all. So no.
1: No, she's not.
0: I'm a, I'm a Texas Longhorn fan. I never, never went there, so Kennedy and I have a little bit of fun in the press box going to each other. Of course, I can't really say anything because Texas sucks right now. So <laughs> they do, and they were supposed to Texas be good in baseball. Too, so
1: I'm
0: a they, Texas they Tech good, guy. They were supposed to be good in baseball, and uh, and and just their their wit, their top pitcher went down, and they've fallen apart.
1: Yeah, yeah, they sure did. Yeah, well, I yeah, mean, like you were guy. saying, we'll go back into it last year. I had lighter as, as the guy the Rangers needed to get on my board the whole pretty much the whole time starting in February yeah, but we, March all the way through to when they drafted him. Yeah, we talked about it him before. Pitch, the he season. just looked yeah. he just looked different than everybody else.
0: The only other guy, and he still had, does. Yeah, he still yeah. does. The only yeah, I was out the, and actually Ben, you were out for media day and we got to talk to him. Yeah, but I was out that Saturday night and if you've watched any film on him, by the way, if you guys. Don't do this. I, I want to make sure that you think about doing it. If you go to the MILB app uh, and join for like forty nine dollars is all it costs, you can get every Double A and Triple A game on yep. your phone. You can watch it. Um, There's a it's lot only of like 40,
1: Single A and, and High A as well.
0: Yeah, for unfortunately for for Down East and Hickory, they don't have TV at their home game, so you can only no. catch them if they're playing away at a game. But if it if they're in a stadium. That has a a actual TV feed. You can watch Hickory and Down East also. It's just you do, you know half their games you're not going to get to because yeah. they don't do it. They're the only two teams the Texas Rangers actually own. They actually own those two, and uh, they don't. They just haven't put the money towards putting together TV. And and that's that's typical for Rangers. It's not that they don't spend money, but the truth is they're also very close to the vest, um, mm-hmm. and so they they don't necessarily relish people getting a good eye on their players, uh, you know, because maybe they can sneak in another trade partner. that's somebody that might not be getting on someone's radar um, when they do that. And so, you know, their money's more into development and that and it's
2: not going to be on if they put them on TV. Let's, let's go back, go keep going down to to the minor leagues, go down to the the mid, mid and lower levels. And again, if if anybody has a question or a comment or whatever, just raise your hand and and we'll put you on to, to speak.
1: Interrupt us. By the way, how do you raise your
0: hand? Let me see if you can figure it out. Yeah, you do this. See that?
1: <laughs> I saw it.
2: <laughs> or do that right there. That'll
1: That'll do it. That'll
2: do it. Yeah. Let's let's talk about double A and a guy that's really come on this year. And I, I mentioned him on Twitter today. Jonathan Ornalis is really, really doing well down at Double A short uh, infielder, shortstop. I think he played third base today, hitting 370 with a homer and it's, it's not a small sample size. It's 54 at-bats. I think he's got the most at-bats on the team. So Ornalis is looking pretty good. And Stowers, Josh Stowers, is looking good. Dustin Harris, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Duran, man, he's got some pop. Like he's that comes, The ball comes off of his bat just a little bit different than everybody else.
0: Yeah, I was really glad to see Dustin Harris. I think Ornelas, uh Jonathan Ornelas, I mean, he was a third-round pick, I believe, in 18, 2018, out of high school. I think he's out of Arizona. Um a lot of high hope for him coming out of high school and he, then he just kind of sputtered. He never really got going now. He, I mean, he's coming into his own right now. Um, I think he's 24 maybe or 25. I mean, for double A no, he's,
2: he's 21. He's only 21. Yeah. He's 21.
0: Okay. Well, that's good because he's very versatile. He came out of high school as, as a shortstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, but look, he was high on a lot of draft on, a, on a lot of, uh, uh prospect lists, a few years back and then he kind of sputtered along you know, well, another one to watch too, that's playing at Hickory is Chris Cease, who mm-hmm. Chris Cease was the, the, look, Jeff heard it. I had heard it from somebody. There were a couple of years ago that people said the very best prospect in the entire organization was Chris Cease. And those two freak shoulders injuries he had, he came out of high school. He was out of Florida. For, he was a, one of those uh, sandwich picks out of Florida he comes out and he uh, he, he tears up uh, the summer the Arizona summer league and ends up going to Spokane where he hit like eleven home runs total in those the second part of the season hit like three eighty or something and then he hurt his shoulder and then he goes through COVID and then he hurt his you know he hurt his other shoulder then he tore his knee up last year and so I mean they're DHing him a lot but he's already hit three or four home runs. Um, at Hickory, but that's a guy that could, if he ever lives up to the, the hype that comes with him, um, might be somebody that, that can kind of weasel his way up there to watch. Um, but Ornelas is another one that's kind of fallen in that pattern. He was this highly regarded prospect who kind of fell off the radar, but he, you can't argue with what he's done, uh, at, at double a, because he's been, he's been consistent. I will tell you this. I went and watched I got a, I got to watch a lot of good at bats for Dustin Harris and he started off very slow for for uh Yeah, he did. for for Frisco, but it wasn't it was kind of what you saw the day with the Rangers. He was nailing the ball on the just hitting it on the button, but he was hitting it right at people. And one time, I mean, uh in in the opening night he hit a ball that should have been a double and the first baseman made a diving catch right down the line, and now it's starting to come into place. That guy looks so Amazing at the plate. It's just fun to watch him taking a swing. You know, taking it yeah. back, how poised he looks. He's
1: back I up to 306 right I didn't now. Realize, I didn't realize how big he was, man. Dustin Harris is huge. Yeah, he's tall. He's a big guy. <laughs> Very big guy. All right, so let's let's look ahead a little bit. Um and back into the majors. <clears throat> the Rangers have Houston and then Atlanta at home, and then they go to Philly and New York. So of course they're not going to finish the season, you know. If you look at the first ten games, they were two and eight. You know, they're not going to be twenty and eighty after a hundred games. What do you guys see over the next no. week, week and a half? You think you think they can go five hundred?
0: Well, sure. I mean, they're capable.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean,
0: but I, is are they? I doubt it. I doubt they will. Just for the fact that they still, they're trying to sort through these arms right now, and they're they're just yeah. going to have. They're going to be in a game looking good and everything happening. They're going to bring in one guy that's going to give up four runs, you know, that, and then everyone's going to say, Woody's horrible. He should have pulled him. He should have done that when they're, <laughs> they're trying to sort through what they're doing right now. And it's just going to be that they're just going to have guys that, that until they finally get to a point where they're like, okay, it's obvious you're not going to work. You need to go. and, uh, and But they're not going to do that, you know, two weeks into the season. So, no. they, they've got to make sure – some of these guys are – they still feel like they're, they're winding down from spring training and they need to – they really need to get into May. And then that's when decisions will be made. I, by the second week of May, you'll see some guys that if they haven't turned anything around, they're going to start to slide them out the door.
2: Yeah, this is a season where you're you're just – they're just – they're figuring out who they want to build with. And if they like – you, like you said, I mean, they're not playing around anymore. If you're not cutting the mustard – well, you won't be here next year, and you won't—you might not be here this year. Whatever. So this, that's what this season is for—is to figure out who fits where around the guys that they signed. And then Willie Calhoun. Willie Calhoun. Yes,
0: I that's a guy that's. That, this is his. This could be his last season if he stays all year. I'm telling you right now, yeah. they're—they all like Willie, but Willie got to perform.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I wrote this a while back, you know, in the minors, and everyone loves records, but in the minors, it's more about development than records. Like, the record right. isn't as important as developing, and I kind of see the Rangers this year, which is really hard for a lot of Rangers fans to take, but I kind of see the Rangers taking that minor league approach this year, that the development is more important than the record.
0: Sort of, and then, You know, not like yeah, they, like they yeah, want to go, you know,
1: 62 and 100 again.
0: No, no, they, they, they're... They they won't. They're not going to go sixty sixty and one hundred and two. They're going to they'll they'll win seventy games at least uh, because they're going to have stretches. Look, there's going to be two and eight stretches again that are going to happen this year. It's going to happen yeah. a couple of times, but they'll also rattle off seven out of nine something like that. I think that'll happen a couple of times, which they never did last year. Um, or though, you know where they'll win three, lose one, win two, lose one, then win two more. They'll do stuff like that, and then they'll go one and nine. You know, and then they'll—they'll. They'll, this is just the way this team is—is is built this year, and—and and, but it's—it's it's funner to watch. I mean, today when they couldn't get anything going offensively, in the ninth inning they—they they actually put something together and they were threatening. You know, they were one swing away from taking the lead. So, uh, yeah, they were. It just it's just a—it's a lot funner team to watch, and this is with Seeger and Simeon struggling.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you look at Taylor Hearn, he was two different pitches in one game. You know, CJ mentioned that earlier. He had that terrible first inning, and then he buckled down, and he got himself out of trouble in the second and third inning with the help of that really cool triple play.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that got him out of it. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, and we all love Taylor. I mean, Taylor's one of the most cordial guys you'll ever meet. He's just a, yeah. just a joy to be around. He's such a good guy.
2: And, and his uh, sister is Mrs. Lady, uh, Lady Ranger. Report, so yeah, we, we yeah, gave yeah. her that she, nickname, and she she loves it.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, she and she moved up to Wichita Falls, where my daughter went to college, and uh, she's she's doing really well up there. She's nice. I met Robin the day she was there. I was I was actually on the field when the, when he made that start. And he's, I don't know if anyone saw it went viral when she asked the question after the game. Yeah, but I had already. Yeah, I, I already left. I was. I had just gone early so that Jeff and I could tape something down on the field and then I got out of there because I was heading out of town and uh, Robin was down there we had talked we'd been on a radio station together a couple times and uh, she's really nice uh, but that was funny to watch that go viral afterwards I know they're very close uh, yeah and that that's it you know he's got a great story if you don't know about his dad and his grandfather's grandfather was the was the first black Marlboro man
2: uh, yep. yep yep he told and, us about that on the podcast it, uh, yeah he, he was he, he he grew up a roper. Yeah, he's a. He's, and both
0: his dad and his, and his grandfather are ropers. Taylor does it. He's going to do it. He's gonna when he makes his money, he's gonna buy himself a piece of land. He's already talked about it. He's gonna buy himself a piece of land. He's gonna get horses. He's gonna do all of that. Uh, that's what his dream is to have and to raise cattle and do that. And uh, you know, he's he, he grew up that way. And so, uh, you know, so he is. He is a fun guy to watch, and and I hope that I still think that he's a guy that's going to end up uh, doing well uh, in this rotation. I, I think you know he'll he'll have those starts, those ones where he can't seem to find the strike zone a little bit. And that's what he was running into problems with, and then uh, once he finds it, and buckles down. He, you know, he do it, but he'll be he'll be more stretched out going forward.
2: But and with him, I mean, when he's on, it's it's. It's electric. I mean, it's so fun to watch him when he's on. What it's what it needs to happen with him, I guess, is more consistency, not be amazing every time out, but have less of those outings where you know you're you're getting you're having to leave after the third inning. You know, more, you know, at his worst, he's average. Yeah, they need to.
0: They need to – he needs to hit the con- – pitch to contact a little bit. I mean, I know he can strike out guys and there's a time to do that, but sometimes pitch to contact, let them put the ball in play. I think some guys get into that problem. It's some, something pitching coaches that they've talked with Leiter about too is that, you know, look, you don't have to strike everyone out. Um, that's nice and strikeouts are great, but, you know, if you want to last longer and deeper in games, know that you've got a major league team behind you and, and you know, let pitch to contact a little bit. You know, get, that's how you – that's how you lower your pitch count. You know, get a couple of ground outs or flyouts where you're only coming at it one or two pitches. Um, yep. You know, especially if you trust your stuff and you're attacking the zone. Uh, these guys, you know, some guys will get their barrel on it. They'll make you pay for it, and that's just going to happen to anybody. Uh, but in the, for the most part, if you can keep, I never, I'll always, I always keep this in mind. I remember going to the game when they traded for Cliff Lee, the first start that Cliff Lee had for the Rangers that 2010 year I was there and he could he, he lost he lost a complete game six to nothing he pitched a complete game he lost six to nothing and he threw 96 pitches I mean that's what aces do uh they go after you and then the Rangers you know the Rangers just didn't score that day and then look what he ended up doing down the stretch that's what guys do you got it you're going to get hit every once in a while but when you go nine innings and you're only pitching 97 six pitches that that's how you you know that's being being very cognizant of what you got to do to go through deep into
2: a game any questions any comments anybody raise your hand don't be shy this is y'all's we show are,
1: we are starting to wrap it up we're getting close to the end but yep. i wanted to say by the way the ranger report podcast is our show and, of course, you've got the Texas Rangers baseball podcast. They have some sort of studio or something. They just got, I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, they, subscribe they, to their they YouTube got some channel. kind of
2: big thing or whatever.
0: whatever. <laughs> hey, by the way, if y'all didn't see this last one, if, y'all, if you've not seen Chase Lee, yes, uh, the Viper. Chase Lee is the guy that you ought to go see that story, go to the Texas Ranger baseball podcast uh, YouTube channel. He was in studio. He's the – I'll say it. He's the closer for Frisco. But if you haven't seen that guy's story, this is a guy – there was a high school shortstop who wasn't even – not only was he not on anyone's radar to go to college and play baseball, he he was like his junior year he was a starting shortstop in high school, and they they had a DH that hit for him. Uh, and then his senior year, he was the shortstop and batted ninth. And uh, his parents sent him an email. He was smart as a whip, second as class went and got his mechanical enge- or his aeronautical engineering degree from uh, University of Alabama. His dream was University of Alabama. He's a big U- Alabama fan. He goes there and his parents send him an email that shows that they are having open tryouts for University of Alabama. He goes and tries out and the head coach for Alabama told him, you're not good enough to play college baseball. The only way you'll ever have a chance is maybe if you go teach yourself to pitch sidearm." Because you throw that way, being a, being a shortstop, that's the way you throw the ball. Maybe you can turn yourself into something as a sidearm pitcher. So he went and watched YouTube videos, learned how to do it, went and played for the University of Alabama. Uh, it's called the uh, club team. I'd never heard of this, but I guess a lot of universities have what's called a club team. It's right above intramurals. And he just did nothing but pitch for them. He came back the next year, 30 guys tried out again for the walk on and they they kept him and he is the all-time ERA leader for relief pitchers for the Houston University of Alabama. His senior year he had a 1.33 ERA. He was on academic scholarships so they didn't even have to give him a baseball scholarship. And he was there <laughs> he was their save leader. He Rangers drafted him in the 6th round. He's closing out games at Double-A Frisco. He got drafted last year and I'm telling you that guy right there will be in the major leagues by the end of this year.
1: Yeah, he's a kid. Uh, love yeah, to We talked to him at Media Day.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not he's a good kid. He's really, yes. really nice, and it's fun to watch. He's hitting 90, 91, but the way he throws, he's Darren O'Day. He says he models himself kind of after Darren O'Day. And uh, but but it's Just the a lot story <laughs> On the YouTube channel, the story is amazing. I mean, I was sitting there and t- I'm like, I'm reading off his stats and I'm going, okay, so you're 1.33 ERA. You had seven wins, seven saves your junior year. You graduated. You were all academic for 2019, 20, and 21. And you've got a degree in aeronautical engineering. So you're a, you're a freaking rocket scientist. And he goes, yep.
1: <laughs> Dude, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> but he has, he's, he's a smart kid and a good kid. And, uh, he had, you know, I, I could have, he kept calling me,
2: sir. That really just rubs me wrong. But, uh, you and TR Sullivan, I kept calling him, sir. And he told me to stop.
0: Yeah. T. R. He he did that to me too. And you know, I'm closer to his age, but, uh, yeah, TR doesn't like, he, he likes it
2: informal. That's for sure. Yeah. He told me to flat out stop calling him, sir.
0: Okay. Listen, I'm, I'll break some news to you guys that, that, um, I'm not going to put out on Twitter yet because, uh, Anytime we get a guest that we've got coming on, um, everything, we don't put it out to, we, we get confirmation, but until we're right up close to there, because schedules can change and things can happen, but it looks like, uh, Wednesday, we're going to have Dave Raymond's going to join us. The, awesome. uh, oh, cool. the Rangers, Rangers TV play by play guy's going to join us. He's coming in studio. So going will cool. come in studio and be with us, but go to the Texas Ranger baseball podcast, YouTube channel guys and subscribe and like
2: it. And, uh, and we always appreciate it. Yeah, We'd it had to learn cool. the we learned the hard way not to not to announce too early who we're having because a guy named uh, John <laughs> Moore will sabotage it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where that
1: coffee? That's where that coffee mug came from. Yeah, that's that, that created something.
2: I'm sorry, you teed that one up. That was too easy. <laughs> yeah,
1: he did, he did. You are right. He did tee that one up.
2: All right, uh, <laughs> let's see. We've got we got 12 minutes left. So anybody, anybody? Right, we had a one request. From Bruce Brasher. What do you got,
1: Bruce? All right. I got Bruce up as a speaker. Bruce.
2: Yeah, hey, guys. How you doing? Don't bring Bring me me down, Bruce. There you are. Hey, Hey, real quick. Hey, thanks for for doing this. This is awesome. Um, Nice to hear some level-headed guys who uh, understand the game and aren't so uh, paranoid about what's going on with the Rangers this year. No, appreciate it. Yeah, we're, we've you. been trying to we've been trying to put out the fires, not stoke them. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, just a quick question. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Jonah Heim this year. Absolutely. What does that What does that do for for Sam Hoff moving forward? Or in your opinion, I Hear I me? think. Okay. Go ahead. I'll, I'll go first, real quick. I, I honestly think it all depends on the Garver situation. I think Garver was brought in. I don't, I'm, I'm going to look up how, how many years he's got left on his contract, but it's not a long-term deal. It was kind of a filler. They wanted a, a veteran starter to come in and, and have Jonah Heim be, I guess, as we were talking about earlier, the main backup, but he's getting a lot of playing time and he deserves it. But Garber, I think he's just a filler for the Sam Huff to come up, giving him some more time, to get more at-bats, because he was hurt a lot last year, didn't get to catch it all last year. So uh, to me it's 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 what happens with Garber and I think that once once they th- they feel that Sam Huff is ready and that might make Garber expendable in a trade if it's before his contract expires I'm going to look that up real quick.
0: Uh, it's yeah that kind of what he's coming off of so I think in the perfect world if Garber I think they think Garber is supposed to you know Garber's the, the 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 catcher they want. Um, yeah. And they they kind of see Sam Huff as another Garver potential Garver with the power he has. I mean, he hit a 500-foot home run the other day and what he's done uh, doing that. I think they would like for the odd man out possibly, believe it or not, to be Heim um, if, if, if Huff were to develop. But also Huff could come up. It could be Huff and Heim and maybe move Garver to another more DH position or something like that. But with the way Garver's hitting right now um, – you know, I don't know, but uh, yeah, Huff. Look, the, the only thing you can ask for in Huff is that he that he makes them have to bring him up because of the way he's playing, and right now he's done well. Um, and Huff, Huff's value on this team because of the he doesn't have a great high average. He's, I mean, he had one year where he hit right around three hundred. His main thing is power and OPS. Um, in a situation like that, his best value on the Rangers is as a catcher. Uh, even though he's been playing some first base. And the reason I say that, he threw out 50% of base runners. Let me tell you someone that throws out 50% of base runners. Pudge Rodriguez. Pudge Rodriguez. (laughs) Yeah, he threw out 50% of of base runners. Huff did that um, two years ago. Uh, No, not 20. It wasn't 20. It was 19, 2019. Threw out 48% of base runners that tried to steal on him. He uh, gave Ricky Venasco a concussion. Uh nailed him on the mound one time. I remember that. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He almost hit another guy uh that just got Bradford Webb. Uh he almost killed him on the mound. He missed him. And when he finally he said, I wish we'd have a meeting with pitchers to know, hey, when someone says he's going, get out of the way. And he goes, Because the uh, catchers throw on a line. They don't throw. And he said he must have he just barely missed Bradford's head uh in a in a fall instructs game or something. But uh, we had talked to him earlier, but I, Huff's value is catching. So I think if they had it playing right now, the way they wanted, it would be, it would be Huff and Garver at the big league level and Hein might be expendable, but if Garver continues to do what he's doing now, I mean, look, Hein's the better catcher right now. He's a better Mm -hmm. framer. He frames pitchers better Oh, he's he's, Yeah. He's
2: great at framing.
0: But he, he frames pitches great. He's, he's a switch hitter and you know, Woody said it. He goes, i right now. I'm having to put both in the lineup because I've got to get Heinz back in the lineup. He got a hit today. You know, he's look, he, you can't argue. I, I know Jonah well because I'm friends with his agent, uh, Jeff. Jeff Fry is his agent, and I'm good friends with Jeff. And, and, uh, so I'm happy for Jonah. And I want to see Jonah's dad is a uh, very emotional guy. And oh, he's very,
2: he's a treat to watch on Twitter, man. He don't
0: care. Yeah. And he'll, you know, he cut himself off after, uh, they traded for Garver. He he can't He got off Twitter for two days, and and I was trying to reach out to him. And someone said he's just he's stressed. You know, he he wants Jonah to be. And I was like trying to convey to him this is a great thing. Uh, one way or another, Jonah's going to end up in the big leagues somewhere. If they trade him, it's to another team where he'll be in the big leagues, or he's going to stay here and be in the big leagues because they're not just going to let Jonah walk. Even yeah. though they got Garver, and then then look what happened. They traded Trevino. Uh, you know, that was by design. No offense to Trevino, who is a fan favorite and everyone loved. And I love Jose. He's great, man. You deal with him personally. He's fantastic to deal with, but he's also 28, 29 years old. And, um, you know, and, and has never established himself. He's got a little pop in the bat. He's a good catcher at framing catches pitches. And he's actually close to taking over the starting job in New York right now. Yeah, I'm he is. So I'm, I'm really happy for him, but, uh, to answer your question, I think if they had their way, they would love to see Huff and Garver be the two up here. But uh, if Garver doesn't produce, um, he may be relegated to a, some sort of DH first base role and a third catcher on the team. And uh,
2: because Huff, I believe, will play his way here.
1: Yeah, yeah. If he keeps playing, all right. Thanks,
2: guys. And Garver, Garver is a free agent in 2024. So 2022 and 2023. He is controlled, but right. in 24 he becomes a free agent, and he's already 31 years old, so that's yeah. a factor as well.
0: Well, if he hits like he's supposed to, he could be somebody that they see Huff come up, and Jonah and him become uh, Jonah and, and Huff become the catchers, and then uh, you got Garver kind of in a third catcher role who DHs a lot mm-hmm. and uh, and plays a little bit of first base, something like that. If he's hitting the way they expect him to hit which is yeah. 25, 30, 30, home runs, you know, a 900 OPS hit about two sixty, something like that, which they want out of him. He just, and which I still think's there. He's, he's, you know, that the three big guys we signed or got the three big bats are scuttling a bit. And, uh, you know, Cole Calhoun had the big hit the other day, but that's a guy that's not going to be here long. Um, yeah. you know, he's here this year. He, he's not going to be here next year. The, I think the most under, one of the most underappreciated uh, signings was Miller, who's yes. been, who has been good, and they've got him for two years. Um, that, right, guys. Guy a, uh, that guy,
1: looks like we have a question from William. William, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering uh, who y'all think are going to be the targets when May first happens. We got to cut the roster back.
2: Oh, that's a good question.
0: So you got you've got. You've got guys with options. So if, if the guys that don't have options are playing well enough to stay on the big league team, then you're probably looking at someone like uh, you're probably looking someone like uh, it's probably gonna be out of the bullpen. Uh, uh, probably of the a
2: Brayu. A Brayu goes down.
0: Maybe someone like that. Spencer Patton could be a candidate for DFA. Look for something with Kobe Allard if he doesn't improve what he's doing. He's got options. I think he can go to AAA. Um, You know, I don't think it's necessarily a forty-man decision. I just think it's somebody they're going to have to option down to AAA. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be someone like like a uh, like a Willie Calhoun or Eli White. That uh, that you know that would be a little bit more of a long shot. But but if they felt like they wanted to go a different way there, but more likely it's an arm. Because I think you want your arms stretched out by then, and so a couple of bullpen arms that would probably—I I would have told you when the season started—probably someone like Brock Burke, but he's earning his way to staying on this team. Yeah, so, so probably like an Allard, a Spencer Patton, uh, who, by the way, didn't even make the team out of spring training. So that's guy that could probably get get pushed down. Uh, you know, you've got John King, which I think John King still earned his way here, but a lot of a lot of arms in there that. That might be just just get they just get demoted. They wouldn't get let go. They would just get moved down to Triple F. Well,
2: and a okay, couple of veterans we too oh, that ahead. we've go talked ahead. about: Cole Calhoun and Adolis Garcia. They're not necessarily safe either.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that happens at May first. He's talking about when they have to cut the roster right, down to
2: twenty six. Right. Um, I mean, still, um, that still, is, still, still got a full week. So
0: yeah, so I, I don't think Calhoun. Uh, I, well, Adolis obviously has he has options. Uh, yeah. At 28 or 29, just because you know he's he's just now getting to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, I don't uh, Cole Calhoun. No, it's not going to happen because they've got five million invested in him, and they're not ready to eat that five million yet. They would love to see him turn into something that they might could flip at the trade deadline, even if it was for a you know a flyer on some kid throwing a hundred in Dominican, you know, that's 14 years old or something. They you know that's <laughs> yeah. He's walking. He's walking every other batter, but he throws 103. They, you know, you take it and somebody needs a left handed bat off the bench, something like that. Maybe they that that's about all he's worth. Otherwise, it, he may be somebody that they, uh, you know, just get rid of after the trade deadline if they can't move him to anywhere, because I don't I don't see him for anything far beyond
1: that. No, I don't either. All right. Anyone else have any questions before we wrap this thing up? Thank you to Bruce and William and Kane and everyone else who asked us some questions because, you know, we like to hear ourselves talk. So if you don't have questions, we just like to talk.
0: I honestly like, have a I have a face for like uh, this
2: kind of stuff. I don't have. A face oh, yeah. For TV. That's why we're doing this and not TV.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, your YouTube channel, people actually get to see you. You know, we don't we don't we don't ever go on camera. <laughs> we have and a on, on, The last camera I went on shattered.
0: If you if you want if you want to watch it funny, Jeff and I don't know what to do with our arms, so we kind of do the Ricky Bobby every Oh, once y'all are tomorrow. Ricky Bobby in it, huh? I, I was yeah. actually
1: thinking about tweeting that to you after watching the last interview. Oh, that's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> Just wrap your hands around the microphone and be like, "So, if y'all want to hear
0: something a, a funny story, you know, you go listen to the our very first in studio guest was uh, John Daniels. And uh, he had an underwear story that was pretty weird. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that took Jeff and I by surprise. And so, if you want to hear John Daniels talk about his underwear, go listen to the, go watch it on the Texas Ranger Baseball Podcast YouTube channel. So, <laughs> hey, that's
1: some of the best, that's some of the best information you've gotten him out of him. He likes to keep everything close to the vest, man, but he gave you guys that. Yeah. Not, not, not when he's talking about his skivvies, though.
2: No, no, not
0: that and his family. You know, we I get into more of the fun stuff about him, and you know, he's a he. You know, he's, he likes sushi and stuff like that. And they, the kids fear the mom more, fear his wife more than they do him. <laughs> but uh, I, I met his. That's son.
1: almost every marriage, though.
0: Yeah, I met his son opening day. His son is my son's age, and John was down on the field opening day, and we were down there before the game started. And uh, God, he looks just like him. Uh, but uh, I think he's a freshman in high school. He's a wrestler. Uh, so, but anyway, John's—I mean, people hate John and love John and whatever. But I'll tell you, there's not a nicer guy. He's very cordial, very polite. Um, he's just a—he's a nerd. He's a business nerd and a and a baseball nerd. And he doesn't try to pretend he knows more than everybody else. He does—he listens to a lot. He puts a, hes one of those guys that puts a lot of smart people around him and gets a consensus and makes decisions that way and uh you know he told me that's what he, he told me breaking down a tray kind of like the gallo tray he ch- told me how he breaks it down and all of that and it's not john sitting up there with a puppet string doing things he's he's got a whole room of people that hey they're thinking they're interested here and they go well actually chris pulled that off but you know he's helping chris out a little more and uh, until Chris has completely taken that part over because he was kind of new into the GM end of it, but uh, he said, he said, you know, you've got you go all the way to player development. You're, you got guys you, you're trying to get eyes on them quick, and you have to trust those guys who tell you whether it's worth it. You know, yep. um, on those players. And so, uh, but it, it's fun. It's it's it, I love that. That's my nerdum. I like I like the inner workings of a front office and scouting. I think how you can and you don't have to be a good player to be a good scout. To, to nope. pick up And, and, and I think it's In fact I think some of the best Scouts are guys That were never any good Because they know What they wish they had And so when they see it In somebody They can go God if I would have had that You know um, And they can pick up On So some of the scouting stories Are some of the greatest stories In the world How they'll Pick up on a guy Nick Snyder Did you guys ever hear This Nick Snyder story Yep Yep
2: yeah,
0: About when he was a short Yeah he was a shortstop In college and uh he wasn't a pitcher and every well they'd have him close games every once in a while but he but he was more he was just a shortstop and somebody one of the ranger scouts caught him and noticed his arm angle how he threw and how hard he threw from shortstop so he wanted to bring in another set of eyes but they didn't want to alert any other scouts that were watching it because he they were actually there was another guy on his team that was getting scouted (laughs) by a bunch of scouts so they didn't want to so the guy that i forget who it might have been kip fag or somebody they brought in, he came in kind of under disguise and didn't go into the stands, kind of hung around the baseline. And they talked to the coach who promised to put him in to pitch the ninth inning, no matter what the score was. <laughs> and they, they got him in there in the ninth inning and he threw, and they decided they ended up drafting Snyder. And look at him now, he's throwing 99-100. He's, he's, yep. he's definitely a back-end bullpen guy you know, doing that. And it's funny how people can see that, that, that coach at Alabama who saw that and chase Lee and said, Hey, you know, you got a weird, you got a pretty good whip on that arm. Why don't you go try learning how to throw sidearm it. may be your only shot to ever play any kind of baseball, you know? And so anyway, well guys, I'm going to roll out of here.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, we're going to wrap it up. You got some homework, everybody after this episode, you need to go subscribe to uh, the Texas Rangers baseball podcast on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. And of course, subscribe to us if you're not already, and then go get yourself a subscription to the MILB app. So you can uh, watch all of these prospects play. So thank you, John, for joining us. Uh, Thanks Kane for joining us. Thanks Bruce and William for the questions. And we'll talk to you guys later. Till next
2: time. Deuces. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report
0: podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at the